0: Welcome, everybody, to your dog's best life. This is Leanne, and today we have a great guest with us, uh, Randy Hubbard, I believe, is her current last name. <laughs> and um, we are going to talk about rally obedience, which is a great starter sport for people. And Randy's been doing it for quite some time. Randy and I have been friends for about 17 years, give or take. And she actually introduced me to dog sports a long time ago. Uh, First, I kind of doodled around with her with Rally, and uh, we kind of played at agility, but that was not pretty, at least on my end. Her end is probably fine. And then she and I were the, she was who hooked me up with the first herding instructor, and so she and I started our herding journey together. So we want to welcome Randy to our podcast today.
1: Welcome, Randy. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: So we're going to start off with, um, so you've been competing for a long time. How long How long have you been competing in dog sports?
1: Wow, well, um, it's been <laughs> see, this question I wasn't prepared for. Um, it's probably been uh, 20, 22 years, something like that from my first uh, AKC CD dog.
0: Okay, so you started off with what we could, what I call real obedience. <laughs> um, right, true AKC obedience. And then when did you start doing Rally?
1: Well, I started with Rally as soon as they started it as an introductory thing back in 2005. Um, we, they weren't titling yet. They were just offering it as something fun to do as a new sport um, in conjunction with AKC obedience trials. Um, so immediately I was interested in it way back then and uh, fell in love with it because it's so much more interactive with your dog um and it's been something i do since then i've done a lot of
0: right because you you've been you've been invited to rally nationals four or five times you you didn't you weren't prepared for that question either (laughs) 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 um and you and, and that was with all that was all with corgis correct That is correct.
1: Can you believe that? I know.
0: Well, I think it's important because whenever we talk, uh, so far when we talk to people on the podcast, almost everybody, excluding the person who owned tigers, has owned either Australian Shepherds or Border Collies. And I'm starting to feel like we're excluding everybody else. Maggie owns an Azawak and an Afghan hound, but for obvious reasons, she's not competing with them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Some of the hound breeds are a little tougher, although beautiful. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, so tell us, um, kind of give us an idea of what, what Rally is. Because I love Rally because I think it's a great place for people to start if they're slightly interested in... Sorry, Dice is playing with a dragon in the <laughs> background. That's what, <laughs> that's what you're hearing. Um, there's, there's dragons being murdered in the background. Um, anyway... <laughs> I consider it a great stepping stone for people who maybe have some basic behaviors on their dog and are looking to maybe try a sport. It it I think it has a very low bar to entry and it's very it's it's very inviting for people. Everybody I've met in rally have been incredible and fun and and very welcoming. So I guess kind of give us a little bit of your background in rally and and what you like about it and things along those lines.
1: Okay. Uh, We started with AKC, as I mentioned, and um, since then, a lot of the titling organizations um, have also added Rally. Um, ASCA, uh, UKC, um, most of these venues also offer Rally Obedience. And um, the reason that I still do it today, even at the novice levels with my new dogs, is as you mentioned, I use it as an introduction to the show world. Um, There's a lot of nerves involved, even with those of us who are old and have done it for a long time, (laughs) when you have a new dog in a new event at a new venue with lots of other dogs, lots of people, loudspeakers, you know, all kinds of stuff, Weather, if you're outdoors, um, all of this leads to a lot of stress. Um, and anxiety on both the handler and the dog. What I found with Rally is it's a great introduction because it's completely on leash at the novice level, which is the very first level that any newbie would be in, entered in. Um, completely on leash, you can talk to your dog throughout the course. It's not just an occasional command. You can actually encourage them. Um, clap your hands if you need to. Um, just really keep. relationship going. Don't break that relationship with just staring straight ahead and giving occasional commands. You can communicate with your dog throughout the course. The only thing you can't do is touch them or position them into um, a sit or a down or whatever you're asking them to do, um, which this just is wonderful for new people. And generally the hosting club and the judge are very welcoming uh, to new people. We want to encourage others to join the sport. Uh, and it's it's really a lot of fun. The novice level is fairly basic. There aren't any jumps in it. There's no awfully stays. There's nothing really uh, dangerous or high level obedience uh, involved in any of this. It's uh, a series of somewhere between 10 to 20 stations or signs, um, depending on the level that you're competing in, and the judges course. Um, And basically they tell you what to do. Sit, down, go fast, go slow, right turn, left turn, um, that type of thing. And they're all, they come with a written description and a picture of what it is that you're supposed to do at each station. And again, it's a great introduction to dog shows because you're on leash and you're talking to them the whole time. So if they're frightened and they need encouragement, you can do that right in the ring without being penalized. You can't have treats, but you can do everything else as far as talking to them and comforting them if they're a little anxious.
0: And and, and so that's where I started um, to give full disclosure. So the first show that our first dog trial ever went to was Cyanosport, which is another accrediting agency here. And, I went there with Rally because I wanted a small venue and because I have a dog reactive dog. Uh, Cody can be, she's now slaying the dragon, by the way. <laughs> Apparently, the dragon got the better of dice and so now she's slaying it instead. So anyway, sorry about that, the squeaking in the background. But anyway, Cody is dog reactive and so we had been working on that for a really long time and I felt that she was able to deal with just coming in through because the ring gate obviously is the most sketchy part of it and I wanted a very small venue where there'd be fewer dogs for her to deal with and that was the very first place that we ever did rally it had slightly different signs and for those of you who are wondering this like Randy said the signs have the information written down on them and you can also the AKC or anybody else has a whole written description and they're very it's pretty basic at the novice level. Really, if you have a decent heel, if you have the basic command, sit down, stand, stand—in novice, see, I'm not going to know this. Uh, no, no, I can't think so. If you have sit and down, and if you have front and a, and return to heel from both directions, you need a right return to heel and a left return to heel, and a heel. You're pretty solid at novice, and so we we actually went in and. Um, I discovered that the weak link when it comes to dog show trialing, which it shouldn't be a shock because this was a weak link when I was a horse trainer too, is the human. So (laughs) we did it. I did (laughs) did it with both my Border Collies, Dice and Cody. And I did it probably three years ago, I think. And I NQ'd, which is not qualified, which means – a polite way of saying go away you suck no i mean that's <laughs> um three times three out of four i i i was entered in the afternoon and the morning and um because i missed a sign i missed a sign three freaking times in a row and if you miss a sign that's an nq so then the last one cody got second so i mean if you, if i if i can read <laughs> If I could read things go really well, but I enjoy it because, like I, what Randy was saying is you can you can really encourage your dogs, and so dice especially tends to be a really flat dog, and we struggle to keep him up and joyful and If you are dealing with some of these breeds who are a little tougher i 'm not going to name names Corgis who need some work <laughs> <laughs> to keep them energized. Um, that's what's great about it, and it and I met people at that first rally trial that are still my friends i mean literally i met mm-hmm. I met two wonderful ladies there they 've since come to a bunch of my classes um, we've gone to shows together and it's it's been incredibly welcoming and friendly, so I urge everybody to to try rally because um, it's absolutely a lot of fun i'm going to um put it back over to Randy and try to get the dragon away from Cody. (laughs) She is really loud. (laughs) So Randy, once, um, let's talk, have you, have you paid attention at all to the AKC's um, pilot program for um, the online aspect of rally?
1: I have not, honestly, I've not entered any of it. Um, okay. As of yet, I, because I have my head buried in the sand and keep thinking that real trials will come about within the next several months. <laughs> and because I'm somewhat technologically challenged, as you know, walking me through <laughs> How the to whole get Zoom on. process. <laughs> so unfortunately, I have not paid a whole lot of attention to the, the virtual aspect of it. But I know a lot of people have.
0: Yeah. And it's, kind it's just of not something that, like, of course, it caused drama on the rally boards because everybody's like, it's not real. We should put an asterisk in front of it. But, but
1: for, right.
0: But what, what AKC, hold on one second, rally, you're going to have to do something. You have to sing and dance for a second. Do something entertaining. Oh, name, tell us, the oh. names of, um, tell us the names of all of the dogs that you've trained in rally. I'll be right
1: back. Thank <laughs> goodness. Uh, when I started back in 2005, I was competing with a, a working line, Australian Shepherd. His name was Ty. And he was actually um, very interested in Raleigh because he was a little bit of a shy dog. So being able to talk to him throughout the course really brought him out. Um, at that time, I was also competing with my former corgi. I generally compete with fluffy corgis. So you may have recognized me at dog shows at some point with like dragging around fluffy corgis. Um, uh, his name was Gunner, and they were my t- first two uh, dogs that I titled in Rally. And since then, um, there have been a few more. Currently, my, my reigning champion is named <laughs> Deuce, and he is also a fluffy corgi, and he's 12 and a half years old. And he has an RAE, which is a rally. Advanced excellent title um, and is trained through most of the master signs. I just haven't competed with him because he's had a little bit of a, a lameness issue with the right hip and a neck injury. But uh, I'm not sure I want to send him over jumps at 12 and a half, but he's trained through that. And he's actually won some high combined um, awards and multiple first place. Uh, i like to brag on him a little bit because he is truly a perfect dog um, so with that all in mind get I, one of those, right? <laughs> I right right i believe it or not i've actually had a couple of them but I know, he is it's amazing
0: uh, how training uh, makes yeah, them better
1: <laughs> right um yeah. so he's just one of those dogs that that wants to please and again with the corgi so the difference, one of the big differences, not the only difference, but one of the big differences is with training a corgi and say my Australian Shepherds, which I also compete with, um, and Leanne's Border Collies is corgis aren't fond of repetition. No. So, you know, like with a Border Collie, you can do something 47 times and on the 48th time, they look at you and go, can we do it again? <laughs> um, <laughs> and because they love to work and that's just their, their drive and that's what they do. Am I correct, Leanne? Correct. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that's the reason i take so, a dragon away from, 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 from Ted or from Cody.
1: <laughs> so, and with my Aussies, I can do things uh, maybe 20 times. And then pretty soon, they're kind of like, okay, we're doing a lot. With a Corgi, if you have done something successful a couple times and you have either clicker or voice, you know, somehow rewarded them, let them know, communicate with them, this is exactly what I want, good job, you did it, and you continue to ask for it, they will start to offer you different behaviors. Like, okay, obviously I'm doing something wrong here. I'm not going to do this 47 times. So they'll either start doing something else, really kind of cute to get you to laugh, or they'll walk away and look at you over their shoulder like, okay, you can sit 47 times yeah. but i'm done <laughs> so uh, yeah that as we mentioned earlier that's made it a little bit more challenging with the corgis, but it's a lot of fun because they are herding breeds so they do want to work just a little bit different level
0: just don't have that level of deranged commitment which makes them nicer to live with i mean that's a they're an they're an easier dog to, to live with than a border collie or an Australian shepherd Okay, so what I was going to get into before I had to go rescue uh, either the dragon or the dog, (laughs) I don't know which, uh, was, um, because I did actually do notes, um, AKC, uh, so in case no one's paying attention, we're in the middle of a pandemic, maybe someone slept through it, and all the the shows have been canceled, or most of the shows have been canceled, somebody's still titling out Mm -hmm. there, I noticed the other day I got one of my friends titled in something, but most of the venues are closed, most of the... Shows have shut down by and large, and uh so a k c in a effort to um if you are jaded you can say in an effort to make money if you <laughs> aren't you could say it's an effort to make uh the lower the bar even further for entry um however you want to look at it they have offered they start off with in the a k c novice rally title um thing. Uh, it is a short, it's only short term. It's to January or De- December 31st of 2020 is when it ends. And you have five courses you can set up, any of five, and you mm-hmm. can videotape it and send it in and get your rally novice title through the mail or through email or however that works. You can videotape it yourself. Or you can also, they just introduced this, I want to say a week or two ago, the, and today's date is the 3rd of August, I think. So the virtual pilot program also introduced intermediate. And so you can actually, and they also have five separate courses that you can set up. The courses mm-hmm. don't have to be official signage. They don't have to be fancy. I mean, you can draw signs on pieces of paper and stick them to solo cups if you want. What's important is that you understand the rules. And we're going to talk about that a little later. And... Um, set up your camera in such a way that the that the the judge can see what you're doing. Uh, both of those yes. both are done on leash. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Randy, but intermediate is pretty much advanced, just done on leash.
1: Right, it, with the minus the jump.
0: Right, and everything but the jump. So the so that's nice because it gives you the ability to start practicing the advanced signs without the pressure of of going off leash right away so uh, because a lot of people skip intermediate because because if you've I imagine once you know the signs you don't really need intermediate unless for whatever reason you need it the, the the crutch of a leash for a little longer um so anyway those are both being offered through the AKC right now and that might be a really great tool let's say you have a dog like Cody who's dog reactive but you've always wanted to do something fun with her Well, this is fantastic. You don't have to worry about a show ring and 1,500 dogs. You can just go to a public park, assuming they're open, (laughs) or a vacant lot, and set up your solo cups with your signs, and do that, and send it in, and get a a cool title on your dog. Now, I can't speak for ribbons. I don't know what they're sending out vis-a-vis ribbons, but based on what I've gotten actually going to the shows, they can't be worse than that. So... (laughs) (laughs) God. So, so anyway, um, so we talked a little bit already about what behaviors are expected for rally novice. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about mostly. And we'll have you explain all of the other fancy titles later, because I think that, that because a lot of people find shows upsetting and confusing because they don't, it, everything, the language is all new. And Because excellent and master, it's like which one's which and advanced, and they all sound the same. <laughs> they all sound better than me. So, <laughs> so my question to you: so you are currently, let's assume that this is, let's assume that the world's not ended, and you are actually going to do some shows um, coming up in the. It's Arizona. It's 115 degrees out here. There aren't a lot of shows in the summer in Arizona, but there are Correct. north. So summer is kind of our time where we kind of dawdle along, and then we start really focusing coming into, what, October, November is kind of when the shows start up?
1: Right. That's generally, and in, in, as you said, in a normal world, uh, generally, um, usually the last weekend of October, the first week in November starts in this local area, in the Tucson area, <laughs> um, and we generally have some... Uh, weekend three or four weekend shows depending on which clubs are involved uh, over the next several weeks and then um, after the first of the year we still have quite a few shows in Phoenix if we wanted to drive up and catch some of those.
0: Yeah and those are, are pretty close too. So mm-hmm. Randy when you're kind of really focusing so you currently are showing two dogs you you are, are thinking of showing two dogs or have started two dogs. Graham you've already started Graham. Graham already has started some he's already been in some shows right at Aska.
1: He has. He actually has an Aska, one leg, and okay. I guess we should explain legs real quick. Yes. Yeah. Let's do <laughs> so that. So what <when> happens <laughs> to title a dog um, in most of the AKC rally events and Aska and. Some of the other um, organizations, you have to have qualified, which means you have to have greater than 70 points um, under two different judges and there have to be three qualifications. We call them legs. Um, So basically, I've done one competition with Graham and he uh, scored above 70 points. So he has one leg towards his ASCA title of Raleigh novice and one leg towards his AKC. Uh, Raleigh novice title, so he's got two legs in different venues. In different <laughs> venues.
0: And that's kind of where my dogs are. Dice has,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, poor Dice. He has he has one leg in AKC, and then Cody has one leg in Cyanosport. But then Cyanosport disappeared in Southern Arizona altogether. Right. And so that was of, that yeah. was the end of our showing career in that because that's a nice venue for a dog like Cody. So anyway, um, so. Let's talk about training because uh, that's where people kind of get, I think, worried about how much training is involved. Now, before we talk about training, we have to understand a couple of things. First, when we talk about actual training, like when Randy sets up, a course or when you set up one or two signs and you practice with one or two signs, or you just know that you're going to practice fronts, that Randy also is training for other sports as well. So her dog is not just doing a single sport, but when you're, when you're trying to advance your dog, how many, how many days a week do you try to get training in with that dog and how many minutes at a time are you training?
1: Okay. Um, I can actually train the Australian Shepherd a little bit longer than the corgis. Um, and a lot of that depends on your level. So let's just go with novice. So at a novice level, um, it w- in a perfect world, I'd be able to work them 15 minutes twice a day, four or five days a week. Well, that doesn't happen <laughs> because work schedules are not. Really? And whatnot. The world's not perfect? Um, it, it, the world is not perfect. So what I end up doing is, um, again, during competition, I do slack off someone when we're not competing and do fun things like Frisbee and duck diving. But um, when we're getting ready for competitions, I try to do it at least three or four times a week, half an hour at a time. And um, that seems to do pretty well with everybody. Now, my master dog, my 12 and a half year old Corgi, I can actually work him for an hour and he's still fairly happy, Um, but he's used to this. We've built up to it and he knows what we're doing, he knows all of the whole thing, right? He's he's a pro at all this. He's better at it than I will ever be. Um, (laughs) But for a novice dog, what we don't want to do is overtrain so that they hate it even if we're giving them treats and we're being positive, you don't want to run it into the ground, right? Right. So to start off with 15, 20 minutes um, at a time, do some very, have a a goal in mind each time that you start out to train your dog, form a picture in your head of what it's going to look like and don't just be like, okay, I'm working my dog, so let's, uh, okay, let's see, we can do some healing and we can, Have a plan, and it doesn't have to be like military precision, but know that today I'm going to work on this down walk around my dog that we're not doing really well because she gets up. So I have to only take a few steps at a time until I make it all the way around the circle. So have a a philosophy or a training plan in mind, and I think you'll be a lot more successful than just kind of haphazardly going, oh, we're training. (laughs) <laughs> so and and again <laughs> don't don't run it into the ground you know if she is doing well on you know the walk around the dog you don't have to do it 57 times if you've got a couple of good you know um, work moments with her as far as you know one particular exercise you're struggling with a little bit then it's time to have a jackpot you know be happy and maybe go into something she enjoys like the going fast and then you
0: know, halt or whatever. But awesome. Okay. Yeah. So that so was a really next... long answer
1: to a question. No, no, no.
0: It was it was a perfect, a perfect one. And that was gave Dice enough time to go run into the other room, grab the giant frog, and start murdering it. I've had to take like four <laughs> toys away from him since I sat down. This dog does nothing all day long. He's like Lance talking. Let's go get every toy out of the other room, bring it in here. Now see Cody's got the 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 frog. Oh my gosh, my dogs. So anyway. Sorry okay, my corgis
1: are asleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, border collies. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so, so uh, now I forgot what I was talking about. Oh yeah, so so the next question is this is and this is important for people to understand too, and this is important for people who are never going to compete. So because this is this is something that we all struggle with whether we're going into the showroom or whether showroom, the show ring, <laughs> unless we're going to the show ring or we're going for a walk in the park is how do we start building duration so that your dog, because we, you use positive reinforcement training uh, by and mm-hmm. large, and I use positive reinforcement training um, most 90, probably 99% of the time. And How do we, how do you deal with the fact now, especially with a corgi who needs a champion? (laughs) How do you, how are you able to kind of transfer it so that your dog actually remembers to pay attention to in the show ring? How do you, how do you practice that? So there's not this huge bridge where suddenly the show ring equals no food ever.
1: Okay. So I actually have two very, very different Corgis that I'm training two different ways because the way I trained my 12 and a half year old, who, if I haven't mentioned before, is perfect, um, and my four year old is not um, perfect. He has right. been called a Malinois and a Corgi body, so he's got he's got a higher drive, higher everything um, than any Corgi I've ever worked with in the past so he's created a little bit of a training challenge for me which is a good thing at my old age Um, but basically what I start off with is micro pictures of what I want when I want healing and again at the higher competition levels I want heads up perfect healing position healing at novice level they just need to be at your side at your left side without pulling hard on the leash right you'll get points deducted a tight leash. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create four or five steps of that. And if I get what I want, they get rewarded. And then I give them free time, unless we're in the ring. Obviously, I don't do this in the ring. I'll practice outside of the ring. And then they get free time to go be a dog. They get to sniff. They get, they can't, pull me all over the place and it's still reasonable they can't yank my arm out of the socket but they will know that for 20 minutes from the start they do not have to do this unnatural look at me and walk thing that is you know totally beyond anything they do normally so i will start off with little pictures of what i want four steps of this beautiful they're walking next to me you are the best dog in the world you can have five treats and now you can go sniff that bush that you've been wanting to sniff for a while um, and then I gradually build it from there. I'll do some sits um, and, you know, I'll do a heel sit turn and I'll just start making just adding things to it and very gradually increasing that picture of what I want still with a release and allowing them to go be a dog. And eventually we get through an entire 14 stations or signs, as you will, before I walk out the gate and let them go be a dog and reward them and be crazy. So it's very gradual And if you get to a point that they blow you off after seven steps, then you go back to six steps, six steps. That's not easy (laughs) to say Um, until you're successful again. And then you start to gradually add duration. One of the things that I do, because when I reward my dogs, I don't use a clicker because I'm not that coordinated with leash, treat, clicker, dog, you know, Um, (laughs) is I use voice. So I will say yes, as soon as they, do what it is I've asked them to do, then they know, it doesn't have to be immediate, but they know there is a treat coming, because that is my marker, so mm-hmm. as I'm walking, if I tell them yes, then they're partying, because the are way. so that causes them a lot of times to break what they're doing, especially at the novice level, right, when they're new, mm-hmm. and we're all happy yeah. and reinforcing them, so I have built a, a bridge word to let them know that they're still doing what I want, but it's not quite yet over, So as we're doing on maybe step four, I will look at them and say, good. So that they know it's a positive reinforcer. We're not done yet. They're not going to get their cookie yet, but they're still on the right track. So I'll start building that um, bridge word in to build some duration to what we're doing. And it doesn't happen overnight.
0: Oh, sorry. So when you build a bridge word in, so when you start, when you introduce the bridge, because I don't use bridges. So. Um, but I know a lot of people do who do. So at the beginning, when you're first introducing good to your dog, is it paired with food, but then you keep going? Or do you just pair it with? I mean, how so? How do you build in the, the understanding that the bridge word is, is rewarding, is what we'd considered like a secondary reinforcer? Um, how, do we, how do you start
1: that process? I will personally, I will intermittently. Treat them on good, okay. as, but I will keep going. Right. So okay, we're healing, okay. and they're on step four, and I will say good, and just very slowly reach down, hand them a treat, and keep going. Um, next time I say good, I may not, but then I'll only take two more steps before I actually stop what I'm doing and, you know, give them a treat and let and them release them and stuff. So, okay. um, they you know with with Deuce again, who's I've worked with a lot and who's very very in tune with what I do I didn't have to treat him with good all I had to do is give him all my positive energy that I own and look at him and tell him good and he's very happy with that because he knows that's a positive just because we've worked together for so long now with the younger dogs I've actually had and done some intermittent treating and a lot of that depends on the dog I have to be very careful with rye because first of all he'll draw blood he's Um,
0: a velociraptor i've given him treats before and i i I always have to count fingers
1: (laughs) yeah and secondly is that makes him a little bit more more yeah a little bit too excited because after i if i if i don't calmly tell him good then he's bouncing up and down next to me and he'll growling which the crowd thinks is hilarious, the judge, not so much. So, yeah, he's been a little bit different, but um, a lot of that, and I know it sounds really vague, but a lot of that depends on the dog. Most dogs, after a couple of times of good and nothing negative has happened to them, and you're smiling, you're happy, you're in a positive place, they get it. They get that good. is We keep going, and at the end of this, there's going to be a release and a cookie and license is good so it's it's not a huge thing and honestly it's not something that i built immediately because it's a little bit of a generalized concept for these guys and dogs don't generalize well especially when they're first starting to learn things um but i will start building as we especially as we start adding some duration some longer healing some different obstacles or signs or whatever it is that we're working on at the time i'll start to build that in but very initially day one through 30 of introducing rally stations and introducing obedience or healing or whatever we're doing to them i don't do a lot of it until they start to understand the flow of things initially and then i'll start to try to add a little bit more duration into it that makes sense it's not it's not a lot of work for a long time right at first it's little snapshots of success with lots of treats well that's where my dogs kind of hang out
0: Oh, you looked at me. Here you go. I'm paying you. So, okay. So earlier we talked about, I would like to go over, because this, I think, again, is a barrier to entry. For, first, um, so everybody knows. So ASCA is the American, shit, Australian Shepherd Club of America, right? You ASCA. got it. Ameri- uh, yes yeah I, I keep screwing it up Australian Shepherd Club of America but you don't have to mm-hmm. be an Australian Shepherd and what would you have to do to not. enter an ask a show
1: okay so they offer um, a registration program for non Australian Shepherds you go on the Australian Shepherd Club of America website and they have a link where you can register your dog that is not is It's either an Australian Shepherd that is not registered through ASCA, that is like maybe AKC registered only. And we could go in for days about dual registrations and all of those things about who hates who and who's whatever, but that's not the point of this podcast. (laughs) Um, So basically, there is a link that you can uh, register your dog, and it's a one time fee. And it's usually about $20, I think. I could be wrong. Maybe the ASCA people will set me straight. But then you can register your dog. And once you have a number uh, to register that dog, you use that number to enter trials. Um, Instead of the ASCA registration number, you use this number um, As a a listing number of a non Australian Shepherd and you can compete and have ASCA titles. Um, Their shows are generally smaller which is kind of nice. Um, it's a smaller venue. Um, and the shows that I've been a part of, I've even gone to um, Australian Shepherd Nationals last year when they were still showing. Um, and the Aussie people are just wonderfully welcoming and helpful and um, so if you wanted to even start at a smaller venue than AKC, you could go to the Australian Shepherd Club of America website and get your dog registered uh, through them as a non-Australian Shepherd, which is totally fine. And then they'll allow you to compete.
0: And it can be a total mutt thing. It doesn't have to uh, be a yes. pretend breed. Uh, yeah.
1: Yes. And, and actually, um, on that note, AKC right, now allows mixed breeds. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Sorry. I jumped the gun then. <laughs> no,
0: no worries. No worries. Because I just want to because people still think that you need to have a purebred dog to work and to do AKC. So no. so you don't. So there's two options. And I'm going to get remembered. I always mess up one. So the pal, one is PAL which is purebred, purebred alternate listing. And that mm-hmm. is what you do. So I have, I would have two dogs registered through PAL, which would be Cody, who I got through rescue because she's a purebred border collie, but she's, um, she came through rescue, so she has no pedigree. And the dog, ha- if they go through PAL, they have to be spayed or neutered. And that's the reason a lot of people prefer to go to ASCA now that people are holding off on spay-neuter for longer is that people are getting mm-hmm. kind of concerned about having being kind of forced quote unquote to to spare near their dogs and then the second thing is um they have the there's an ilp i can't remember the name of the other one but that
1: one's for just indefinite listing 50s. privilege say it again indefinite listing privilege and i honestly don't know if that is still um the name a, a viable option or not because I lost two dogs that would be registered through AKC that were rescuers, were both purebred labs with no papers, oh, okay. you know. Kind okay. of, okay. of so that was so for have the pals, so pals on both the of old, them. Okay, that was a
0: pal, yeah. See, and I've never done the other one, but the other one is Mutt, the Mutt registry <laughs> for lack of a better term. And <laughs> all American and is what all is American, called. it's an all American, the mystery mm-hmm. mix. Um, and you can absolutely. Yes totally register your dog through that again they have to be spayed or neutered and mm-hmm. obviously the only things that these dogs cannot do is confirmation well because there is no confirmation for your your bassett poodle chihuahua mix and Correct. <laughs> <other than laughs> crying um and uh, and a dog that's not is spayed or neutered can't be in confirmation anyway and confirmation um is way outside the purview of well what's fun so So any dog can register for for AKC. Any dog can register for ASCA. And the Cyanosport, which I really enjoyed, but, again, I think it's – I think they're mostly moving to agility is what I think they're doing because I know they still do Mm -hmm. agility here, but I don't think they're doing as much rally or I don't know because Arizona is really hard. It's hard to judge from Arizona because somehow we're kind of a dog show backwater. I don't know. But – so i did i enjoyed sandal sport again because it's really it was very tiny and uh and i went on a sunday so it even my idea was that it'd even be tinier if i went on sunday instead of a saturday so so if you want to register i believe let's talk about akc because it's the only one i really know because i was going to do asca but then the world ended so <laughs> We were going to do it April 4th right. with tag for her first time ever. And then, well, that was canceled. So there's A and B. And when you register, if you've never shown before, if you've never titled a dog and walk me through A and B. Because I, I always screw this up.
1: Okay. Novice A and B um, are available through. And again, I don't know Spinal Sports, but the, the, the others there are um available. So if you enter novice A, that means that you have never put a title on a dog uh, before in an AKC event. Um, say so we're just going to stick with AKC at the moment. Um, so then you're going to compete in novice A. It is the same course as novice B. Um, And novice B is made up of experienced tenders who have at least titled one dog or many um, in their past. And the reason they do that is so that you don't have to compete for um, ribbons for placement against a seasoned pro. So that that you're competing in a pool of newbies if you're a newbie. Um, And again, that's not a huge thing if you're not interested in placements and if you're not interested in ribbons. It doesn't matter. Then enter A or B. You cannot enter A if you have titled a dog, but there's nothing to keep you from entering B, even if you've never titled a dog before, if that's what the, you choose to do.
0: And the title has to be in, in an obedience. Does it have to be in Rally or any obedience?
1: Well, any will be any AKC um obedience uh title initially we were thinking that um i was wrong <laughs> 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 that um if i never titled the dog in rally um then i could go in novice a because i had uh, titled the dog in what i call formal obedience through um akc that's not the case okay. um if so you, if you like, put a, a an... go ahead <laughs> if you put a akc obedience title on a dog then um you would go in novice b uh for rally
0: but not a silly trick title or now they're continuing canine good citizen title so those you're fine you can still go in a it's just actual yes. obedience so it'd be rally obedience or what we call true obedience obedience right. obedience. um those two things so and it's very simple, and um, the only thing you have to do is be organized, which is where I fall down because I'm used to horse shows where a lot of horse shows you just show up with your cash. Um, you actually have to plan ahead <laughs> and get your registries mm-hmm. in early. You can, and we will put all links in the show notes um, for for everything that we're talking about. We're going to put links for the sh- for Sport We'll put links for ASCA. We'll put links for AKC to the rally information, and you can Google your state. You can go into those venues and and look up your state and the sport and find venues near you, again, when the world's not ending, I mean, at some other time. And in the interim, you can absolutely practice with the novice courses through AKC and send those in and see if you can get qualifying ribbons that way. The last thing I want to talk to uh, Randy about is all the layers, all the – because I've dawdled around in novice – Cause my actual, you know, I'm hurting is where I really spend my time. So I kind of come and go with, with this. So after novice, you go to intermediate, that seems logical and then advanced, which also makes sense, but then, then the wheels come off. So
1: what's the next one? The next one is excellent. Um, and you have to have an excellent title before you move on to the master class, and the master class is relatively new, uh, both to AKC and the other venues. Um, I know ASCA offers one also, but they call it masters. With AKC, it's master class anyway.
0: Very testy if you call it masters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, (laughs) Um, and um, with the exception of The master class, and then the one I haven't spoken about yet, which is an RAE title, which is a Rally Advanced Excellent title, which used to be the apex of the (laughs) Rally titles until we came up with the master course. Um, And the master class, I think, has been out since 2018, I believe.
0: Yeah, it's pretty new. Um,
1: Yeah, it's fairly new. So it's really exciting um, because they've They've added some almost freestyle dance moves type things because you have to, you know, circle in different directions and that type of thing. So it's been a lot of fun learning that the master class Um, prior to that, the um, The highest level you could get was a combined rally advanced excellent which requires 10 uh, Legs or 10 qualified runs um, in both advanced and excellent um, and you'd have to run advanced and excellent at the same trial be qualified in those 10 consecutive times before you get your rae title so basically that's 20 cues, right if you double wow. up. um and um you do not have to have your rae to get to master class all you have to have is your rally um excellent anyway so it so novice through excellent is three legs, three qualifications under two different judges. Once you get past that, then it's ten cues. So it in,
0: goes in
1: which in one? Excellence or okay. in R A E, which is a rally advanced excellence, okay. and in Master class.
0: Okay. Yeah. See I obviously that's above my pay grades. So. <laughs> I've never spent any time there because I'm dawdling around in novice, so and forgetting signs and screwing
1: up. So, yeah. so, so for, um, for those people that are really, really dedicated um, to working with their dogs, and I hats off to them, um, you can also start your RAE, which mm-hmm. again is a double qualifier in both advanced and excellent at each trial. Mm-hmm. So, once you've done that and you've got your RAE. You can go back and do it again and get your RAE one, two, three. You can keep competing as often as you want and as much as you want and just keep adding those. And now they actually have a rally championship.
0: Uh, Oh, I remember hearing uh, about that. That was like a crazy number.
1: Right? Yeah. So they, they, because a lot of people, want more right we want to be able to do more with our dogs they're not ready to retire because rally is basically um, easier on them physically than some of the other sports out there where we have to retire them sooner Um, so we want to keep going with these dogs who love showing who love competing who love training and now we don't you know so we'd have to start a new dog in novice or just keep practicing and not showing or competing with our dogs so the akc answered the call And came up with these RAEs, Rally Championships, Masterclass, to keep everybody working with their dogs longer that really wanted to continue working with our veteran dogs.
0: I think that's that's cool, because you're right. Because Rally is... So the reason, again, I love Rally, because it has a sign. So if you see the sign, (laughs) if you don't pass it because you're an idiot, if you actually see the sign, that already helps. So the course is set up with a bunch of signs, and you... you know what the signs are going to be going in, in that you've practiced them and they're not going to just randomly pull signs out of their asses. They have, you know, certain signs assigned assigned, to the different levels. And (laughs) so if you go into a rally course, the only signs you're going to see are going to be novice rally. And so you go in that their signs are numbered. You go from ideally you can count. That's where things fell apart on my end. And go from one sign to the next sign to the next sign. There's some cone work, which I'm a, t- if anybody's ever been in any of my classes, they know that I'm a geek. God, everybody runs and hides when I take out the cones. I love cones. So, because cones really show you that you don't know what your dog, your dog doesn't know what you think it knows. Um, so that's a great thing about it at the bottom is that it's super inviting for, for new beginner people. Because really, other than having an adequate heel and having a sit and front, which some people haven't trained, but that takes 30 seconds, and then around. I mean, literally, I had to remember that I had never taught Cody around, which is going around from the front position, which is directly in front of me, staring at me, around the right side of me to arrive back on my left side for heel. I'd forgotten that I'd failed to train her that when I showed up at the the trial, because that's me. And so I trained it in like the two minutes before I went in. I mean, (laughs) it really is. Yeah. Very, very simple. I mean, once you get a little more advanced, then it's a bigger deal about uh, how you handle your feet, Uh, judges, that's where points come off is is fidgeting, moving your feet, too many cues with your feet, um, helping too much with your feet and things along those lines. But for the novice, they're pretty they're pretty forgiving of stupidity when it comes to the feet, as long as you are are pretty good. And all of this is written down the rules. And if you actually read rules before you go to trials, it will make your life substantially better. Um, I will also, (laughs) I will also send a link to, we happen in Southern Arizona to be lucky that we have a fantastic judge here by the name of Ann McCauley. And she, she's done several workshops that randy organized for the location that i train out of the dog spot here in town and she's an amazing uh, resource for us and she has a book on for rally and it has videos of every single thing and so i will look up that link because it's embarrassing that i can't remember the name of the book
1: rally all
0: around Oh, see, that's what I thought it was. Okay, good. Thank you for remembering. So <laughs> I'll send a link to Rally All Around because she sent one to me. Um, when you come to our workshops, you get them for free, which is nice. And there, it's a fantastic. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine a better, a better resource for just beginning to learn Rally because she goes through each sign individually, and there's a video for Ooh. each sign. individually. it's fantastic. So we'll we'll also add a, a link to that. And as Randy says, what's wonderful is when you get to the master level a lot of those are very freestyle they're very there's a lot of the dog goes around you and you're doing a spin and and so the challenge is always going up which is another thing that i really enjoy i mean once you've gotten um in some of these sports i mean there's only so much you can do and but this one they're like well let's add this component and it's a lot of fun because we play with all the levels, even though we're still beginners. We tag and I kind of dawdle around with, with random stuff. And those freestyle moves are, are complicated. They're fun. They're challenging. And like Randy was saying, unlike agility or herding or some of the more demanding sports, a rally you can do with these senior dogs. I mean, I've had several of of clients and friends of mine who are doing this with dogs who are in their in their early teens, and the only issue is becomes when the hips become so bad that sitting becomes painful, in which case you need to quit. But um, but prior to that, there's there's really no reason to stop with a with a senior dog. This is also a really nice sport if you have a a dog who has impairments who maybe might be deaf or maybe might have sight impairments. I don't know the rules for AKC. They can be a little strict on those things, but a lot of the other venues could care less and things like that. Or if you as a human being have, you know, you're not having to run around an agility course, you are strolling with your dog. And so this is a great venue. If you are, um, if you aren't able to walk really fast or, or walk at all. So, um, it, this that's what I really enjoy about the sport is not only can you start at the beginning with a dog who's really pretty much gone through a beginner and an intermediate course anywhere in town or anywhere that you're training your dog if your dog has basic behaviors you can start and rally um, and you can keep going up
1: so that's
0: I, it's really fun and I really wish I was a better person and would actually train my dogs more but,
1: <laughs> yeah. but there's only um, so many hours in a day <laughs>
0: So you talked about at one point you talked about um, where the hell did I make that note? Um, Like high end trial or combined high end trial. What does all of that stuff mean?
1: Okay. So if you finish your rally, whatever event that you are competing in um, or whatever level, I should say you're competing in that day. If you kick everybody else's butt (laughs) as far as score um, and time. So let me just have a, a little segue here. If you comp- compete uh, in a rally novice uh, trial and you, have, you walk into the ring with 100 points and you lose them as you go through the ring and do things incorrectly or whatever the case may be. But if you finish with all those 100 points and someone else finishes with all those 100 points, then we have a tie. And the way that a tie is broken is through time. This is not necessarily a timed event. You are not disqualified if you take three minutes instead of two minutes or whatever um, the case may be. But if there is a tiebreaker, the tie, uh, the winner is the one with the shortest time, right? So if you have beaten everybody else both with points and time, then you will be awarded high in trial that day. Um, and it's not the entire dog show. It's just for rally. And then the other uh, obedience that everybody else has theirs also. Um, If you have the highest scores for your RAE, or if you're competing in more than one event with the same dog that day, um, then you can uh, potentially be awarded the high combined, which means then in more than one level, um, you have the highest score combined. Um, So, Deuce has got a couple of the. Those right, uh, yeah, no, um, <laughs> we're, we're still working out our, our, our deal, but again, that's I mean, we're talking a little bit higher level here. So, if we go back to novice, if you don't mind me kind of going back a little bit, Lee, no, no, um, absolutely. so what happens? I know one of the biggest questions that I had, unfortunately I started through this whole obedience, um, and training with a wonderful mentor. Her name is Nancy Baker. Hey, Nance, um. And so she walked me through step-by-step a lot of this stuff, which has been so helpful over the years. So if you show up at a trial, okay, so say you've entered an AKC trial. The deadline closes two weeks prior to the trial. So you have to have your entries in two weeks prior to the date of the trial. So you show up at the trial. You, since they're largely outdoors, not every single one of them, but most of them are outdoors, um, you need a way to keep your dog cool uh, a shade, an umbrella, uh, something, and a way to confine your dog while you walk the course. So it can be a friend that holds the dog's leash while you walk through, or a crate, or some way to safely contain your dog because you will be away from your dog for a few minutes. When the judge sets up the rally course, to her discretion, she makes she or he makes up the course, you, when you go to check in and let them know that you're there and to get your armband number, Um, you will be handed a course map, so you can start studying the layout of the course. Then when they call rally novice walkthroughs, then that means you leave your dog, either created or with a friend, and you walk the course with the map in your hand so that without your dog, you can familiarize yourself, because you're going to be the one in the driver's seat, so that you can familiarize yourself with the course, with turns, with Numbering sequence, because sometimes they'll angle it across the course. You know, not a lot in novice, but they will some. Um, and then you have, they give you so many minutes to do that, and then everybody starts running through one at a time in sequential order. So that's kind of what you expect at
0: uh, your very that's, first
1: Raleigh trial.
0: And that's really handy, because it's anytime you do something new, you... Uh, Last week, we talked about the effing first time, the FFT, which I'd never (laughs) heard before, but I love it because it's true. Anytime you're doing something for the first time, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I moronically chose not to do my first rally trial with Randy because that would have made far too much sense. I did it by myself at a venue that I'd never been to with no friends expected, and it's intimidating. Um, I mm-hmm. think I was, I think I was actually too fluffy with Cody and only about 50 yards from the trial ring. Cause I got a nasty stare. So <laughs> it, there is a learning curve, but we, I urge, and I'm sure Randy, we urge everybody to go try it, go to a, a couple court, go to a couple again, once the world's done ending, go to a couple, check it out first, practice your dog, Practice with your dog in multiple locations. Don't just practice in your training facility. Go out to parks because parks are gonna be the closest thing to a to a rally situation. You can set up your own signs and practice. Practice not giving rewards every two seconds or create new reward systems, like Randy was saying with good. I use um, Tag actually. We've reported her heel so much at this point that her heel is now automatic and her, she loves pivoting from front to heel. And so that has almost become rewarding for her. And you can absolutely do that. You can create situations where one behavior almost becomes rewarding to a less enjoyable behavior. That's called pre-mac. It's very geeky, but it, it's a thing. It's just like Randy was talking about with sniffing. If your dog prefers to sniff, then you can use sniffing as a reward for the behaviors that you want to see. So set yourself up for success. Go check it out. Try not to be stupid and go with somebody that you already know. If you know somebody, if you don't find a trainer in town, trainers aren't dog trainers, aren't like horse trainers. There's no such thing as horse trainers who don't show. That's not even a thing. It's like, (laughs) <laughs> they all do a sport and they all take their students and they all help their students out. That's not as common in dog training as it is in horses, but some dog trainer in town is going to be a sport trainer and that person is going to be able to help walk you through the sign up and walk you through everything or just have some courage and go and check it out. Cause it is really fun. And like I said, when I went to my first one, they were very welcoming. I had a gentleman walk up to me and explained to me one of the things I was doing wrong, um, very kindly. I mean, he wasn't like, Hey, you're an idiot. Very, very kind. Um, Even the herding trials I've been to the, the other trainers have been incredible. I had a trainer come to me and she said, would you mind me pointing out a mistake that you made? I'm like, (laughs) please, can I pay you? Because that's why you go is to get better. You're not going to stay in your, your rut. You'd go to improve your relationship with your dog and, and the ability to create beautiful movements with your dog. And, and so I want to thank Randy for a, her time and B, cause she's the one who started me on this journey and Nancy Brewbaker, the person she spoke about earlier, she worked at the same facility that we all, both of us did. And she was very incredibly kind and, and, uh, wonderful with me and, and my incredibly intermittent attendance to her classes, like every three months. Um, and i hope that you guys take the journey and so like i said all the links to everything will be in the show notes and um so that you guys won't have any questions we'll have a link to uh ruth mccauley's book which is second to none for it we'll have links to the akc and asca and the other sports um i can't think of anything else uh so that's that's i just want to thank everybody for for trying for try it out go try it out and like i said right now the barrier entry really is do you own a cell phone solo cups and pieces of paper and a pen because you can do your own you can go online to akc find out what the course is they have specific courses they have five courses for novice and five courses for intermediate um what i'll try to do is i'll try to video a course of me and I'll pick out tag, <laughs> the lace likely to make me look like a fool. Uh, I'll do a video course so you guys can see it and I'll add that to the show notes hopefully. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope to see everybody at the shows when the world comes back. Thank you, Randy. Any last comments?
1: I don't think so at this point. Well, actually I lied. Um, at the AKC <laughs> site, you can actually download the signs if you want to print them out and use all that ink. Um, and that's what I do. The- yeah the official signs you can actually download them and you can put them in little plastic sleeves clear plastic sleeves or whatever you want to do um and the second thing i wanted to say is i believe at this point madeira canyon kennel club is still looking at a fall trial at rito park oh
0: so we are still gonna have trials here in arizona so again everybody go to your akc sites because there might be live trials i mean they are because it's an outdoor venue and you're depending on your state's rules um it, it might we might still have fall shows so take a chance go check it out it'll be a lot of fun i really enjoyed it i want to thank randy for her time especially on incredibly short notice i met her this morning at <laughs> disc and said hey <laughs> how would you like to be on a podcast this afternoon so i want to thank her for her time and again she's the one who started this in insane journey. So that's an important deal too. So thank you all. I want to say rate, review, share, subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for everybody who has listened and we will see you guys next week. Thanks.